The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. 
But even to this day, I look sometimes on online to try to find one that kind of looks like it because I feel bad still. But <laughs> I lost my class ring. I went uh, water skiing one time. Hmm. And I wiped out and I felt the ring slip off my finger and I looked for like half an hour. I couldn't find it. So, hmm. I mean, we were in like chest deep water too. So <laughs> I doubt we were going to find it. So I had one remade. So, <laughs> oh. so this isn't the original one from high school. I had it remade. Right. <laughs> Stories are great, but they're not triggering or anything for me. <laughs> I can't think of anything. Cool. No. <laughs> but I know I've... <sighs> Have your kids? Do you have any stories about your kids that lost something? I have a story about my kid's mom when we were Ooh, together. Okay. <laughs> like uh, she had come up to my work to visit me and uh, um, she was just chit-chatting away or something. Again, and the topic of rings came up and she's like, yeah, 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 rings. better." And then she was like, yeah, with the ring. And she was going to show like the wedding ring or something like that or engagement right. ring that I got or whatever. <laughs> and then she looks down and her ring is gone. And she goes, <gasps> she goes, oh my God. And she starts bawling and crying. I'm like, where's your ring? She's like, I don't know. I'm like, I think it must have fallen off. And so we drove home. And then there it was, we found it like in the driveway. <laughs> really? Like right next to where the car was parked. Yeah. And she was like, oh, my God. And she That's weird. Uh, the reason why it fell off is because I gave it to her when she was pregnant. Fat. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and she actually eventually had to get it cut off because she got too big. And she had to have it cut off. Okay. And then she hadn't gotten it. And this was after she had the baby. And then she never mm -hmm. got it resized. So it was really loosely on her. Eventually, we got it resized. But um, Okay. Well, that's why how it fell off. <laughs> my mom let my sister wear a pair of her diamond earrings to school when she was in elementary school. Yeah. And she traded it for a pencil eraser. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> to her, those are equal. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, the pencil eraser is bigger in size, Tech. So, oh, just yeah, saying. So. <laughs> I mean, can you erase paper with diamond earrings? I don't think you can. Nope. It rips it. Nope. It rips the paper. <laughs> just FYI. It does. <laughs> cool okay well it's been about seven minutes and 54 seconds so um mm -hmm. i guess we'll go ahead and take our first break because right. i'm pooped and yeah. <laughs> when we get back we will uh dive into this oh and also mm -hmm. real quick at mm -hmm. the end of this episode yeah we will announce the winner of the yeah. t-shirt contest yeah so don't change that dial this was a tough one to get through it was probably. it was really tough yeah but <laughs> we'll talk about all that at the end but uh stay tuned because mm -hmm. otherwise you won't know if you want or not so mm -hmm. uh <laughs> we will be back If you haven't checked out a Very Brady Podcast online merch store, you gotta do it. With the holidays coming up, where else can you go? You can pick up a Very Brady Podcast coffee mug for Aunt Sally, or a Very Brady Podcast phone case for Uncle Bob. The merch store has t-shirts, coffee mugs, magnets, stickers, and so much more. There are several different designs and t-shirt colors to choose from. Maybe you want to get a Very Brady Podcast pillow for Grandma. Go online to a Very Brady Podcast store on tpublic.com today. The link is in the show notes of this episode. Go check it out, and as always, have a sunshine day.
And we are back. Woo. Man, you did all that without even spilling your water. That was crazy. <laughs> well, it's all about the spins. Cause I like to like jump in the air and then go do like a I guess it's kind of like a ninja star kind of a right, thing, right. kind of a move. I do like a ninja star spin. I don't know. Did you did was that you farting in the middle of it, or did your foot like rub on the floor? <laughs> oh jeez, it's a it's a it's a foot rub. <laughs> oh, oh okay okay. Oh that's right. You don't like <sighs> fart jokes. Sorry, you must be fourteen Party. instead of twelve. <laughs> huh. No twelve year old sense of humor here. <laughs> All right, and we are back. So we have the Brady Bunch, season four, episode 20, entitled The Great Earring Caper. So let's get into this. Some facts about the episode. It first aired March 2nd, 1973. It was written by Larry Ryan and Al Schwartz, mm. directed by Leslie H. Martinson. Mm-hmm. Mm. According to IMDb, there's a goof. When Cindy returns to the bathroom, the towel on the counter in which the earrings are supposed to be located is neatly folded. In a Mm -hmm. flashback of what happened to the towel to end up on the counter, Alice left the towel in a crumpled position, not neatly folded as Cindy had found it. Mm -hmm. I remember now. I wish Alice wasn't a liar. Yep. She told the whole story. Mm -hmm. Not the truth at all. No, she didn't. She should be fired. Fired. (laughs) Fired. Okay. All right, you ready? Uh, yes. Okay. We fade in. Mm. I love fading in. Yeah, right? We do it every week. We must like it. I know. Scene one. We open our story in the bathroom. <laughs> <That's just my laughs> where, we, where we see Marsha sucking in her cheeks and trying on earrings. As the <laughs> camera pans out, we see Cindy standing in front of her. Cindy says... Those sure are neat earrings, Marsha. Marsha, while still modeling, replies, Thanks, darling. Mother <laughs> loaned them to me. But the modeling is interrupted by Jan calling for Marsha. Marsha takes the earrings off, and with a coming Jan, she walks into the room. As she walks into the room, Jan tells her, Phone for you, a guy named Ted Edwards. Hmm. Marsha says, Teddy Eddie. <laughs> I call him Teddy Eddie. <laughs> Teddy Eddie. Marcia says thanks and begins putting the earrings back in a box in her dresser drawer. As she puts the earrings away, Cindy asks, Marcia, can I try the earrings on? But Marcia tells her, no, they're moms and don't touch them. Grandma gave them to her. Hmm. Jan, still curious as to who's on the phone, changes the subject saying, the guy on the phone sounded really cute. What does he look like? Marcia tells him, tall, blonde, handsome nothing special and Mm. walks out of the room followed by Jan who says, I'll bet Mm. Cindy is left in the room by herself. She watches Jan and Marsha leave quietly closes the door. Mm. And with a big grin on her face, she puts her hand deep into Marsha's drawers (laughs) and pulls out an ear, a pair of earrings out of Marsha's drawers. That's so weird. She takes them and runs to the bathroom. You know, it was uh, well done, by the way. <laughs> Earlier, there was a, a line where she, or I mean, later in the episode, Marsha says, need you to stay out of my drawers. And I was going to put a joke in there, but I was like, no. That's but too I, immature. I Jimmy won't like that. 
but um okay uh blonde tall blonde handsome Hmm. Mm -hmm. whatever it's like complete opposite of me but whatever (laughs) (laughs) um Um, there's something else i was gonna say real quickly sorry i know i didn't write anything down but this just came to me um you were inspired yeah oh oh so they mentioned grandma and they do. She's like, yeah, grandma yeah. gave them to her. Like, you remember grandma, you know, who we're not allowed to see anymore? Because exactly. I was going to say, the grandma that claimed that she was going to come visit all the time, that grandma? Okay. <laughs> sure. Apparently, dad doesn't like or they don't like dad, exactly. so we're not allowed to see them. Live in the Even same town. Only, yeah, 20 minutes away. Exactly. I think is a- <laughs> Whatever. Um, yeah. It, I thought Cindy was like sitting down on something. She looks so incredibly short in this episode, like in this specific <laughs> scene. Because she was only coming up to like midway and up Marsh's like torso. And then when they start yeah. walking away, it's like, holy shit, she's that short. Um, <laughs> yeah. But also like, what kind of name is Ted Edwards? It sounds, <laughs> sounds like a newscaster. <laughs> <laughs> I assume it's English. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. uh-huh. All right. Uh, <laughs> scene two. Back in the bathroom, Cindy is trying her hand at modeling. She stands in front of the mirror with the earrings on, modeling, and making the earrings dangle from her ears. But just as she's getting her chance to model, there's a knock at the door. We hear Carol asking, Cindy, are you in there? Cindy's eyes get big as she frantically tries to find a place to put the earrings. She places them under a towel that's sitting on the bathroom counter and runs to open the door. Hmm. I mm. liked I liked how they rack focused between Cindy in the mirror and Cindy in the bathroom. Hmm. I just I thought that was a that cool that. touch. Because cool. I'm sure all back then it was all manual, so somebody had to manually do that, and it's just cool. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gonna sound like you. What was Cindy wearing, Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> she was wearing like this. I think I want to say it was red pants, red shirt, and like this. It almost looked like a vest or maybe like one of those weird sweater <laughs> things that had a bunch of boat anchors all over it. It was a, it looked like scrubs. Was that what she was wearing? It was a blue short sleeve, roughly short, like short sleeve with, yeah. they had little penny farthing bikes. <laughs> <laughs> and then underneath that was a long sleeve red shirt underneath. Uh, it was so just they so weren't, weird. Like, they weren't boat wheels? Like boat, like what you actually, I think they're no, 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 those are like penny farthing bikes, like oh, the big tire. Okay, I thought it had to do with one. boats. Okay, <clears throat> yeah, but I was right about the red and the blue. Yeah, 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 you nailed it. Scene three as Cindy enters the girls' room, Carol is standing at her bed with a shirt, which of course isn't gift wrapped because it's not for Carol. <laughs> that shit was like in a fucking bag. Anyways, as That's Carol funny be- though, it's gift wrap. It should have been gift wrap. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> you imagine the store? Oh, Miss Brady, this is gift wrap, right? <laughs> no, I, I can't fit into that. That's not for me. It's not for me. As Carol begins opening the bag, she tells Cindy that she got it on sale and wants to see if it fits. Cindy, still a little irritated that she had to stop playing dress up in the bathroom, (laughs) shortly says, it fits fine, mom. Carol laughs it off as a joke and continues telling they have it in red, green, and violet, too. What color would you like? Cindy, still a little irritated, says, any color's marvelous. (laughs) Carol stops what she's doing, realizes Cindy doesn't really care, and says, boy, one day you're going to make some man awfully happy. She then pinches Cindy's chin and says, 
you're a woman who's easy to please. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) And with a see you later, Carol is out the door. Cindy watches her leave, and as soon as the coast is clear, she runs back into the bathroom, eager to continue playing dress-up. When she Hmm. gets in the bathroom, she opens up the towel to put the earrings back on, but they're not there. Uh She shakes out the towel, checks under it, and even checks on the floor, but they're nowhere to be found. Cindy, upon realizing what has happened, says, they're gone. Mm. Oh. So I want to go back to this shirt that Carol bought for. Did it look like like a men's like blue men's like shirt like you would wear like you and I would wear with like a tie? It looks like like if she put it on that she would suddenly light cars and, and talk like like it looked like a Jay Leno shirt. Because <laughs> I, I swear it was I swear it was like, denim. <laughs> like a, I don't know, but like it's a blue so weird. denim shirt. Like Carol just buys shirts. Yeah, because it was brings them home. And says, hey, um, this also comes in red, green, and violet. Which one would you like? Like, she bought it already. Exactly, yeah. What's she going to do? Return it and change it for another color? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's Carol, whatever. You know, she's like, what color would you like? You know, and she's like, I don't know. All right, maybe I'll return it. Maybe I won't. Whatever. It's not my money. <laughs> Fucking whatever. You know what Mike's shit? doing. For but it didn't look like it. That was my first thought was it looked like a Jay Leno shirt. Because Jay Leno always wears <laughs> denim button-up shirts. Right. Um, why is it tish, uh, wrapped in tissue paper? <laughs> no. Like I, when me and you worked retail, like if you ever worked in the women's department, some of the bathing suits would get wrapped in tissue paper to conserve like colors and stuff like that. But I've never heard of, I've never once, even in Dillard's and places like that, they don't wrap your shit in tissue paper. That doesn't make sense. Um, uh, and also, why is there a chair in the hallway? <laughs> like, I saw that. This, this coming from a, from a man who used to have a chair hanging on his wall. So me, yes. When did I have a chair hanging on my wall? You had a chair hanging on your wall when your mother-in-law lived with you. Oh, that w- I didn't have it and hanging I, while my mother-in-law did. It was That's your house. No, your it wasn't. We were renting it. I want my house. <laughs> okay. But your mother-in-law was living with you, not right. you living with her. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah. And I always ask you, like, what is up with the chair hanging on the wall? And you're like, I don't know. It wasn't even a whole know. chair. <laughs> it was like. It was like half of a broken chair. But I mean, I wasn't asking like that looks stupid. It was like, what's the significance? Like, did it mean something? You know, like um, whether it's, oh, it's from the old, like uh, the women who sewed <laughs> in the 1800s. It meant for like their peacetime. <laughs> I don't know. It was a chair her mom, her grandmother sat in milking cows. Like, yeah, something like that. But I think she Same still has that chair. Women's sewing rights or something. <laughs> she still has that chair hanging on a wall, but it's got a blanket over it now. Yeah, I had a blanket over it before. Oh, did That's it? Really? Okay. It. Right. Yeah. Same thing. Or maybe it was a quilt or something. Maybe. But anyways, like who says, man, my legs are tired. I'm going to go upstairs and sit in the hallway. Like, that doesn't make sense. I just left the bedroom and I was going to go down the stairs, but I need a little break real quick. Whew. So, I don't know. Or maybe Alice put it there. Maybe it's like on her daily trips when she's collecting maybe. like. Like laundry and stuff like that. To like put maybe she the laundry bag on. Laundry bag on, or maybe what? she's like needs a break. She actually does. She puts the laundry bag on. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> she does it later. Yeah. All right. Scene four. It's a doozy. Get ready. Oh, Sit yeah. back. 
We open in the boys' room seeing a close-up of the how-to-do-it Sherlock Holmes detective kit. As the camera pans, we see Peter sitting at the desk in the boys' room, sticking on fake eyebrows and a fake mustache. Greg, who's on his bed reading, gives Peter a funny look before going back to reading. Peter slowly gets up and walks to Greg, stops and asks him, If you didn't know who I was, who do you think I am? Greg chuckles and says, Ron Jeremy? No. <laughs> no. Greg chuckles and says, a candidate for a butterfly net? Knock it off, will you? I'm trying to read. As he goes back to his book, Peter walks back to the desk, puts on a hat, grabs a magnifying glass, making his eye look huge. He gets an idea and then begins to peek over Greg, who is wondering what he's doing and growing a little suspicious, but goes back to his book. Peter walks to the dresser, pretending to look in a book, then sneak around behind Greg. He quickly runs up behind Greg, looking at him real close through the magnifying glass. Greg slowly turns to look at Peter, who pipes up, saying, You know something? You have big pores. <laughs> Greg grabs Peter's arm, holding the magnifying glass, and says, Will you stop bugging me with that dumb detective kit? He then rolls his eyes and goes back to reading. But just as Greg is trying to get back into his book, his mattress begins to bounce. Greg leans over and looks under the bed, seeing Peter under it, pushing the mattress up and down. Greg asks him, now what are you doing? Peter tells him, I'm trying to guess your weight. You can guess someone's weight by the sag in the mattress. Greg rolls his eyes and tells Peter that he's got a sag in his brain. <laughs> <laughs> he then says, why don't you take a detective kit and get lost? But undeterred Peter answers, it's no use. I'm such a good detective. I'd find myself. Because <laughs> he's right begins, there. He's right there. He's, wherever he is, he's right there. That's right. Peter then begins cracking up at his own joke. Greg then stands up, jumps in the air, and lands butt first on the bed. We hear Peter yell out, Ow! Greg leaves the room with a huge grin, laughing at what he just did. It's funny. When I first typed that, it spell checked it to O-W-E. <laughs> so, <laughs> we hear Peter yell out, oh. oh. Sorry. <laughs> Peter climbs out from under the bed, rubbing his head with his mustache and eyebrows messed up and his hat crooked. As Peter gets up, there's a knock at the door. Peter says, come in. And Cindy walks in through the door. She asks Peter, have you learned how to use your detective kit yet? Peter answers, sure. You know, like a liar. <laughs> Sorry, I love John Mulaney. I had to throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Cindy, excited to hear it, says, good. Maybe you can help me. Peter gets excited, asking, you want a detective? After Cindy nods, Peter exclaims, oh boy, my first case. He then brings Cindy to his desk, saying, Step into my office, ma'am. Peter switches out the disguise for a notebook and a pencil. He begins questioning Cindy, asking, What's your name, ma'am? Cindy, confused, tells him, You know my name. In a monotone voice, Peter tells her, Look, it's got to be official. The way the book says, So what's your name, ma'am? She answers, Cindy Brady. Peter asks, Occupation? Cindy answers, school kid? <laughs> Peter continues by telling Cindy, okay, we need the facts, so start from the beginning and give me the facts, just the facts. Cindy begins to tell Peter the story. Well, 
Mom let Marsha some earrings, and I wasn't supposed to touch them, but I did. And now the earrings are gone. Peter, breaking character, asks, Mom's earrings? Boy, are you in trouble. <laughs> Cindy sarcastically answers, I know that, and I'm not even a detective. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Peter tells her, okay, we'll call this the great earring caper. He said the thing. He said, he said the thing. Said it's the time thing. to go back to the future. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> It's like when Harrison Ford was in that one thing and he's all like, man, I sure am tired of all these raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you got one? <laughs> Not really, no. I'll have one as, as time goes on. Uh, okay. That's fine. Peter goes on. <laughs> Where were the earrings last observed, ma'am? Cindy tells him, on the bathroom sink. Peter glances in the direction of the bathroom and tells her, I'll investigate at once. As she walks away, Cindy asks, can I help? Peter tells her, sure, you can be my assistant like Dr. Watson was with Sherlock Holmes. Cindy says, great, as they both go into the bathroom. Hmm. Hmm. So... What the fuck does candidate for a butterfly net mean? I don't understand that. Oh, I think it's a reference to someone being crazy. I think like you would catch. <laughs> I distinctly remember some sort of reference like as a kid, like you would catch them with a butterfly net or mm. somebody was crazy and they were using a butterfly net. I, well, I have no idea. I think it's a reference to somebody being insane. Hmm. I think. Okay. Um, I love that they did the magnifying glass gag where he <laughs> makes his eye look big. That's, that's always a funny gag. Um, yeah. But isn't he a little old to be playing pretend like this? Like he's in middle school. <laughs> I kind of thought that too. Like why wouldn't but, they let Bobby do this part? Yeah, it probably would have been better for Bobby. I mean, yeah. he, like I said, he's in middle school. He's he's at the point where he's thinking about driving in a couple of years and he's still playing dress <laughs> up and act like he's Sherlock Holmes. So. <laughs> yeah, it does seem more like a Bobby thing. Yeah. So why was Peter dressed up like Wario? <laughs> That's a, I don't like know. He also should have had like a woman tied to train tracks or something with that mustache. <laughs> Twirl it. Like, Let me out. Let me out. Okay. <laughs> Scene five. As Peter and Cindy walk into the bathroom... Peter asks, exactly where were they, ma'am? Cindy walks over to the counter and tells him, I put them in this towel. Peter lifts up the towel and shakes it. He drops the towel and proudly exclaims, simple deduction, ma'am. I've solved the case. Hmm. Cindy gets excited, asking, you have? Peter tells her, the earrings obviously slipped out from under the towel and slid down the drain. Cindy, who's impressed, says, boy. You sure are smart, Peter. Peter thanks her for the compliment and tells her, I'll just get dad's toolkit and open up the drain pipe. Cindy, still awestruck, says, what a detective. Peter slips back into character and says, elementary, my dear Watson, elementary. They both just laugh. <laughs> so if the towel didn't move, how could they have slipped down the drain? I don't know, unless somebody came in and like picked up the towel and then heard something slip out and was like, oh shit, and then just they put it back. They left. wouldn't wrap up the storyline with some silly ass stuff like that. 
<laughs> where somebody moves the towel and the earrings get taken. Like they wouldn't do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Scene six. Down in the den, we see Mike hard at work when, of course, Carol comes in. <laughs> <laughs> she walks in exclaiming, Mike, when Mike's still staring at his work, lets out a small, huh? She answers, I think I've got it. Mike answers, well, don't they have a shot for that? <laughs> oh, that was funny. Nah, Mike's still not lifting up from his work, says, got what? Carol tells him, an idea for the costume party, unless you've decided on something. Mike's still trying to get work done, says, no, no, anything you decide is okay with me. Carol asks, okay, how about Romeo and Juliet? Mike stops working and asks, Romeo and Juliet? Seriously? <laughs> this is what you have one job to do? And <laughs> it's like, seriously, Carol, they're like fucking 14. You're like, what, 50? Like, come on. <laughs> he says, oh, honey, can we be a little more original? Last year, there was a flock of Romeo and Juliet's. <laughs> Carol, looking disappointed, suggests, well, well, then why don't you pick some famous couple? Mike, not having any of that shit and also still trying to get work done, says, no, no, you pick it. You're better at those things than I am. Carol smiles at the compliment and says, okay, how about Napoleon and Josephine? Mike asks, Napoleon, what's the fuck? <sighs> he then turns to Carol and says, honey, isn't that a little unoriginal too? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Do you have not, you have any like creativity at all in that mullet of yours? <laughs> Carol getting frustrated agrees saying, yeah, I guess so. Carol then sarcastically suggests, how about Gertrude and Claude? Mike chuckles and asks, Gertrude and Claude, what famous couple were they? Carol answers, I don't know, but it certainly is original. <laughs> and they both just laugh at Carol's joke. Mike says, we're making a big deal out of this. You pick it, and anything you decide is okay with me. Carol, whose bullshit detector is getting a little better, says, sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> Just then, Alice walks into the den asking, well, how did he go for Romeo and Juliet? Carol and Mike answer in unison, he didn't. Alice says, well, I have an idea, folks. It's particularly fitting for you and Mr. Brady. Mike asks, what's that? Alice tells him, George and Martha Washington. Mike gets excited, saying, I could be the father of our country. Alice quips, with six kids, you got a running start. And they all just laugh, and Alice leaves the room. <laughs> <sighs> so, yeah, I put down, you imagine that, Carol interrupting Mike. Um, but I think it's kind of funny. It's like, Carol, don't flatter yourself. Romeo and Juliet were teenagers. Like, you are no teenager. <laughs> But um, also, wasn't Napoleon shorter than Josephine? <laughs> like, yeah, I guess. So they couldn't play that unless she was Napoleon and Mike played Josephine. Um, but I do like how Mike was like, um, we're making a big deal out of this. Like, no, no, you were making a big deal. Out of this. <laughs> like, she had normal ideas. You were the one that, that wasn't good enough for her. So none of this we shit. Oh, look at you defending Carol. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right so i got a few notes here so first of all peter's gonna have a weird boner if they dress as george and martha washington 
<laughs> He's gonna be like, Dad, can I can I borrow that costume? <laughs> so okay, so Alice came in only to bring Carol a cup of coffee. Because <laughs> she walked in and set it down in between them. And I'm thinking, and then she walks out, and I'm yeah. like, Who's that for? Who'd she bring that for? And then Carol picks it up and drinks it. So I'm trying to figure out how this played out. So how did that go? So as she's walking <laughs> through the kitchen on her way to the den, she yells at Alice, bring me a cup of coffee. I'll be bugging Mike in the den about costumes. Alice probably asked if Mr. Brady would want one too, to which I can only assume Carol's response was, nah, fuck him. <laughs> <clears throat> so I don't know. And uh, how would the Napoleon Josephine costume go anyway? Like the only way anybody would know who the fuck they were is Mike would have to have his hand in his jacket the whole night. <laughs> Otherwise they're yeah. just dressed as colonial people. <laughs> well, I, mean, I think most of these, these costume parties, it's a series of, yeah. do you know who we are? And then we go on. Nope. have no idea. And we're George and Martha Washington. Get it. Oh yeah. Okay. And it's just a never-ending <laughs> series of, so who are you supposed to be? Um, but and Mike would have to go, wait, wait, and put his hand in his jacket and be like, oh, ah, okay, you're okay. Napoleon and his wife, I guess. Picture me two feet shorter. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, with a complex. Um, but to your point, <clears throat> I think the way it went was Alice is in the kitchen doing Alice shit. Yeah. Carol comes in the kitchen. She's kind of thinking out loud. You know, I really want to be Romeo and Juliet, but I don't know if Michael go for it. You know what? I think I'm going to go in and talk to him. So she leaves to go talk to him and it's yeah. bugging the shit out of Alice. <laughs> Alice wants to know so fucking bad how it's going that she thinks of any reason, even doesn't make any sense. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to bring Carol a cup of coffee. Even fuck it. So she grabs a cup of coffee and just randomly drink brings it. it in there. That I think that. So how did it go? Did he go for it? She was just dying to know. I think that's how it was. You're probably right, too. And Mike's like, hey, where's my cup of coffee? I don't know. Uh, Carol's <laughs> drinking it. Bye. <laughs> All right. Scene seven. Back in the bathroom, we see Peter under the sink taking the pipes apart, looking for their earrings. He takes a curved piece off, tries to look in it, but can't see anything. As he turns the pipe upside down to look in it, he pours water on his head. Peter. As he pulls the towel down to clean it up, Cindy pops in asking, did you find mom's earrings? Peter tells her, no, not yet. You don't need a detective. You need a plumber. Cindy, oh, that's where his mustache comes in. Oh, yeah. Like a, like a pipe cleaner. Um, so, <laughs> no, like a, like a Wario. Kind of, oh, oh, okay. It's me. <laughs> Cindy, Wario. growing more worried, tells Peter, please hurry. Peter assures her that he is, but tells her to get back to the lookout post. As he leaves, Peter continues looking through the pipes for the earrings. Hmm. Hmm. So... Hmm. I wonder if they built this set for this episode or is that always there? Like, is that, I know it's a functioning sink because I think they've turned it on before, but do they yeah. really have it piped like a real bathroom? I'm sure it's piped to drain probably into a bucket or something underneath the set. Huh. But so the pipes probably are, have always been there probably, but in order for the sink to work, I'm sure they have to hook up a hose to it every right. once in a while if they're ever going to turn it on. But okay. yeah. All right, scene eight. As Cindy walks back into the girls' room and closes the bathroom door, Marsha comes walking into the room. When Marsha walks up to the desk to get something out of it, Cindy volunteers the information. 
if you have to go to the bathroom, you can't. Jan's in there. Marcia Confused asked, who wants to go to the bathroom? Cindy quickly backpedals, saying, I just thought I'd let you know, you know, just in case. Just then, Jan walks into the room. Marcia looks at her and says, hey, I thought you were in the bathroom. Jan walks to the bathroom door, stops and says, well, how could I be in the bathroom? Cindy backpedals yet again, saying, I guess it must be Greg in the bathroom. As she goes and stands guard on the bathroom door. Hmm. I like how Marsha interacts with Cindy. I just like, cause she, she gets these looks on her face. Like most people get when they're talking to young kids, just like they get mm-hmm. like slightly overly animated. They're like, Oh really? You know, that kind of thing. And she, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. see her kind of doing that with Cindy. And I just think it's kind of neat. Yeah. She's a little maternal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nice. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a direction or if she, that's a character choice she did, but I don't know. It's kind of neat. Yeah. Like, <sighs> Then the, don't the bathroom doors lock? Because I remember <laughs> many times of them banging like, open up in there. It's yeah. my turn, you know. And why didn't, like, he just lock the door? I don't know. And why can't it just be Peter in the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because he is. Exactly. Well, plus, I mean, this is a side note. Why would why would they make the choice of making sliding doors like that in the bathroom? I don't know. Why wouldn't you just have a door in the 70s? Yeah, but I mean, mm-hmm. th- to make a set like this, it would have been so much more expensive, I would think. I, I guess there would have enough room to have swinging doors into the bathroom. Well, I guess they don't swing into the bathroom. Or would they swing into the bathroom? Yeah, they'd have to swing one way or the other. But, I, don't, I don't know. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Scene nine. Over in the boys' room, Bobby walks in and begins to check out Peter's detective kit. Cindy marches in saying, Bobby, if you want to go to the bathroom, you can't. Greg is in there. Bobby begins getting defensive, asking, who put you in charge of the bathroom? Cindy smiles and says, well, I just thought I'd let you know that Greg was in there. Just then, of course, Greg walks in, (laughs) asking, (laughs) Greg's in where? Bobby looks at Greg confused and says, she said you were in the bathroom. Greg just laughs and asks, what are you talking about? Cindy backpedals again, saying, I thought it was you. I'll try and find out and let you know. As she walks backwards out of the room, of course, running into the wall on the way out, Greg and Bobby just laugh. <laughs> but was was her walking into the wall an accident? Or was that like a thing? I doubt it. It was probably scripted. But she did mm-hmm. such a good job of it. She never once like turned, because I watched it like three times, to see if she like turned her head to look to where she was walking. And she just walked backwards mm-hmm. and like... So she either knew that room really well from working, you know, the Brady Bunch so long, but I don't know. I just thought it did really good. It looked like it was on accident. And once again, why can't it just be Peter's in the bathroom? I don't get it. Well, it would be funny if finally somebody was like, are you sure it's not Peter? Where the hell is he? <laughs> right. Scene 10. Back in the bathroom where Peter has somehow managed to get grease on his arm. <laughs> Working on the sink. That happens. He's putting the tools back in the toolbox and has appeared to give up on the sink idea. When there's a knock at the hall door, Peter runs over and whispers, Who is it? Cindy whispers back, It's me, Watson. Peter lets Cindy in and breaks the news to her, saying, They're not there. Cindy exclaims, Oh no! But Peter tries to calm her down, saying, Now don't panic. This is when us detectives have to use deduction. Cindy calms down for a moment and says, We'll deduct fast. Peter puts his hands up saying, okay, 
They're not in the sink or in the drain pipes, so they must have been removed. Chances are by human hands. <laughs> you follow me? <laughs> Cindy, not really caring about the process, answers, yeah, just hurry up. Get there faster. <laughs> Peter goes on saying, okay, every human hand has fingerprints. And everybody in this house has human <laughs> hands. Cindy, who's now completely confused, asks, what do you mean? Peter explains to her, it means that no finger is above suspicion. <laughs> this explanation didn't help at all as Cindy just stares, asking, what? <laughs> <sighs> so, strangely, at this point in the, sh- in the episode... Peter, Mm -hmm. what Peter's talking about with deduction actually makes sense. Like what he's saying actually has logic to it. hundred percent. Yeah. Because as I watched this and I saw your note afterwards is like, I was just going to say that like his deduction skills in theory are actually correct. Exactly. Yeah. 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 (laughs) All right. Scene 11. Down in the kitchen, we see Alice mopping the floor while humming. The camera pans over to see Peter and Cindy standing just outside of the kitchen. Peter says to Cindy, Believe me, Alice will never know what we're after. (laughs) We'll get the fingerprints off the mop handle. Peter and Cindy then casually walk into the kitchen and look at Alice. Peter finally pipes up saying, you know, Alice, you work too hard. (laughs) Cindy then takes the cue and says, you should let us do some work. Alice, who is taken off guard and confused, asks, you want to do some of my work? Peter takes her broom from her, saying, sure, just relax. Cindy comes around behind her, taking her by the arm and saying, take it easy for a while. As she sits her down at the kitchen table, Alice, not sure what the fuck is going on, asks, you kids feel all right? Peter takes the mop and tells Alice, we'll go mop our bathroom and runs off. Cindy stays with Alice, telling her, read a good book or something. As she, too, runs off, leaving Alice confused. Alice thinks for a moment, finally out loud, asking, They want to help? (laughs) So, this is, like, kind of messed up. What? (laughs) So, because they have an ulterior motive here Mm -hmm. to get fingerprints off the mob, they're all of a sudden like, No, Alice, you work so hard around here. We appreciate (laughs) you so much. Why don't you take a break and we're going to do some work for you? <laughs> like, what, what a fucking what a little pricks. You know, it's like, and, they, and they're like, we're going to go mop our bathroom. I guarantee you they didn't fucking mop their bathroom. No, no. They basically stopped her from working and told her to take a break and read a book. And then uh, Alice you know, is going to get in trouble. <laughs> she didn't do yeah, her job. Carol's going to come walking in going, what the fuck are you doing? What the like, fuck is up with the kid's bathroom? The floor's a mess. Looks like there's fucking <laughs> grease all over it. what are you doing just sitting here reading like why are you not mopping the kitchen floor like you always do at 10 45 cindy and peter oh they're your bosses now though they pay your paychecks huh okay oh god (laughs) that'd be fine if she took oh yeah okay so there hey mike mike she has new bosses now we don't have to pay you anymore that's awesome great take that shit out of the budget now also, I'm going to go shopping. Yeah, you're going to work for $2 a week now because that's their allowance. $2 a week. So. 
Hope you can survive on $2 a week. <laughs> How much is your health insurance? Because you know we don't pay for it. <laughs> Hope you got money saved. <laughs> um, but also, I thought it was funny because Peter almost poked Cindy in the eye with his thumb <laughs> at the beginning of the scene. And Cindy has to like, recoil backwards. It's funny. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Scene 12. In the den, we see Peter poking his head around the corner, spying on Mike, who once again is trying to get some work done. (laughs) Peter sneaks into the room with a glass of milk in his hand, which he is holding with a paper towel. He gestures for Cindy to follow. They both sneak into the room behind Mike, finally walking up beside him saying, Hi, Dad. Mike replies, Hi, kids. Once again, without taking his eyes off his work. Cindy finally speaks up first, saying, Dad, we brought you a glass of milk. Mike, surprised, asked, You did? Well, that's great. I don't even remember asking for a glass of milk. Peter shrugs and says, This way you don't have to ask. Mike, whose bullshit detector is beginning to wake up, (laughs) glances at the milk, then at Peter as he says, Well, that's very considerate of you. Mike then goes back to work. There's a pause as the kids watch and wait for Mike to take it. When he doesn't, Cindy speaks up saying, go ahead, drink it. (laughs) I'd be like, no, that's okay. Exactly. Why? You drink it first. (laughs) Mike, who's still trying to get his fucking work done, says, well, I will when I get thirsty. (laughs) Peter, trying to get Mike to drink it, pipes up saying, you better drink it right away before all the vitamins in it wear out. Cindy adds more, saying, it's good for your bones. And I heard mommy saying last night that she loves your bone. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, suspecting something is going on and sees he's not going, going to get anything done, figures it's time for a break. He puts his pencil down and says, well, in that case, I better take your advice, huh? He finally takes a quick drink of the milk. Pauses and says, hmm, and gets back to working. <laughs> Cindy looks at Mike and asks, refreshingly good, wasn't it? Mike answers, yes, it certainly was. My bones feel better already. But when Mike turns to take another drink of milk, it's gone. Peter has already wrapped it back with a paper towel and has taken it away. Mike, whose bullshit detector is now going off full blast, turns to the kids and clears his throat. Peter and Cindy stop in their tracks and slowly turn to see what Mike wants. Mike looks at Peter and says, I hope the fingerprints turn out okay, Sherlock. (laughs) Both kids are shocked that Mike has figured it out. Peter looks at Cindy and says, maybe we should have worn disguises. (laughs) After they walk out, Mike just laughs. Mm. So the way Peter's (laughs) holding that glass, isn't he worried he's going to wipe the prints off? That's what I thought, too. I thought the same thing. Yeah. Um, also, Peter almost spills the milk, which I thought was kind of funny. He hits it on the underside of the table <laughs> when he goes to put it down. <laughs> and he, he comes oh. <laughs> really close to like, spilling it. Um, <laughs> but also, did Cindy look like her, like underneath her eyes were darker in this episode? Like she had some kind of like sinus infection notice. or something? Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. But holy shit, his bullshit detector was it fucking is, amazing. It? It, shit was like, fucking spot damn. on. <laughs> damn, that damn. was good. <laughs> So this is where we take our next break. So mm-hmm. Cindy has lost Carol's earrings. 
and Peter is playing detective trying to find them. Will they find them in time? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but we'll find out when we get back. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I have been Jimmy. And I've been Tack. And this has been a very pretty podcast. And we will see you on another sunshine day. Keep smoking. Woo. Well, that was fun. That was. That was another great show. Of course. Is that the phone ringing? Yeah. That, is that a thing? Like, I didn't know people could call in. <laughs> I don't know. Hello? <laughs> Is this a very Brady podcast? Um, yes. Is this Santa? <laughs> yes, it is. And I need you boys to help this Christmas. My elves just can't think of any fun gifts for all the boys and girls. Well, Santa, have you heard of fun.com? Well, I can't say that I have. Is that on that new interweb that all the kids are into nowadays? Can this help me and my elves save Christmas? Of course! It's easy, Santa. Just go click on the link in our show notes to get 20% off your entire order. Yeah, and when you see the Retro Network's 20% off banner, then just pick out what you want. It is so easy. Okay, I think my elves can help me with that part. But do they have things that the kids will enjoy? Well, I mean, they have things like ugly Christmas sweaters. But not just any ugly Christmas sweaters. Sweaters from things like A Christmas Story, Caddyshack, The Matrix, and Jimmy's favorite, Christmas Vacation. (laughs) Yeah, and a lot more. Or accessories like Mandalorian sneakers, Cobra Kai socks, and Looney Tune backpacks. Oh, I do love that Cobra Kai. I mean, Mrs. Claus loves that Cobra Kai. And I do need some new sneakers. You know what I like? The Care Bear throw pillows and Power Rangers tiki mugs. And I got my dog a Batman dog bed. Oh, neat. I think this will do nicely. Wow, you two have been good boys this year. And it turns out you're very good at being Santa's helpers. Not only can I give my presents for all the boys and girls, but I can also finish my shopping for Mrs. Claus. She's difficult to buy for, you know. Well, look at that. Maybe I'll get her some candy cane stockings and one of those sexy reindeer costumes from Fun.com. Ooh la la. Santa. Fun.com. Beat the holiday rush and start saving now at your one-stop shop for holiday cheer. are back hell yes hell Thank yes god yeah i, I, like I heard something breaks. i heard something mm-hmm. crack when you did it that time yeah like were, it sounded like you were cracking your back kind of like yeah what part of your body was that that was my i broke a hip jimmy you want me to just say it i broke a hip <laughs> <laughs> i'm getting right. old and i broke my hip okay so 
<laughs> so I was sitting there thinking, you know, yeah. in this episode, they're they're talking about a costume contest, right? Which I don't think it's so much of a thing anymore unless it's Halloween time. Like people yeah. don't just randomly have costume parties. I said contest, I meant party. <clears throat> so if you had to choose for Carol and Mike in their yeah. time period, mm-hmm. who do you think that they're, what do you think their costume should have been? And it, it didn't have to be male or female. It could be two guys, yeah. it, could be two, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. Well, I, I really liked um, Alice's suggestion. I think it was Alice's suggestion, Sunny and Cher or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, it was that, that would have been good for the time. Or yeah. Donnie Murray Osmond or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been funny. Yeah. I think it would have been funny if they did like, like, um, Gilligan and the Skipper, <laughs> because <laughs> so, that's another Sherwood Schwartz show. Yeah, I think yeah, that would have yeah. been funny, or like something like from the Partridge Family or something. Yeah, yeah. or have like really have Mike be the Skipper and have uh, Carol be like Gilligan. one of the girls. I don't know. <laughs> or, or they could be Mister and Mrs. Howell. Oh yeah, because that would have been a tie into the Brady Bunch because he was he was at the ghost town. Yeah, yeah, he was the old um, prospector. Yeah. So what about today? If this was set in today time period, what, what, <laughs> or I guess a better way to word that is if you and, and a significant other was going to a costume party, what would you dress up as? What couple? Oh man, I don't know. Uh, probably the Olsen twins. No, <laughs> the know. last party Megan and I went to, we dressed up as I was a criminal and she was the prison guard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that wasn't a famous couple. That was just. <clears throat> I um I won a costume contest. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, years ago, I dressed up as a prison bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I bet you looked insane. <laughs> There's pictures on my Facebook of it where I'm there wearing. Go. So everybody go to Tax Facebook <laughs> and look up his prison bitch pictures. Yeah, uh, it's like really short them. shorts, and I have like a half shirt on, yeah. and I had like a. Like a, an, what's that, what's that called? A handkerchief or whatever on my head. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I have like those, like um, thigh high stockings on with red ribbons on them <laughs> with combat boots. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I won the costume contest, Jimmy. Oh, nice. Probably because um, I also <laughs> stayed in character the whole night too. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Well, yeah. maybe that's just you, Tech. Um, it felt right, Jimmy. It felt right. If, if <laughs> Megan and I were going to go to a costume party today, I don't know what famous couple we would be. There's no real famous couples right now that's interesting enough to go as. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm sure that we're forgetting about somebody, but I don't, know. I don't know. I'm sure our listeners are probably like, "Oh my god, there's this people, these people." These well, yeah, people. I mean, but like to, to Mike's point, you know, it has to be you know unique. It can't just be what everybody else is going to go as. Hmm. There's a funny couple out there that would be funny, but I can't think of it right now. Because <laughs> um, we're going to get emails about this, and, be, and we're going to be like, holy shit, of course. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, it would be f- kind of funny if you and your wife went as, like, Mike and Carol Brady. That could be really funny. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Oh my god. <laughs> like Daryl, I think it would be funny to go as like Daryl Hall and John Oates. Which is <laughs> yeah. that would, I don't know. That would just be funny. But when there's not there's not enough of a height difference between Megan and I. So mm-hmm. like with Carol and Mike, they could go as that if it was today. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a you know a height difference. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it goes like Penny and Leonard from Big Bang Theory or something. <laughs> yeah, and then you get like as Penny, like she could treat you like shit, you know. And <laughs> <laughs> always reminding you that it's like a gift to be with her. <laughs> <laughs> she can go home with a guy that's way hotter than I am. <laughs> yeah. That's a great idea, Tack. Mm. Thanks. <laughs> so what what if if me and you were gonna go to a party, who could we go as? That's a better we, question. We have to go as a couple. Yeah. <laughs> we could uh, go as the guys from Miami Vice. <laughs> Wait, isn't one of them black guy? Like no, that- is he black? I don't know. I don't see color tech. Hmm. Huh. <laughs> um <laughs> We could go as um, Harry and Lloyd <laughs> from Dumb and Dumber. That'd be kind of funny. Yeah, right. Man, we should have a Halloween co- uh, costume party. Not a Halloween, a costume party. Just a random out of yeah, like yeah. in July or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. Like in April or May, like right in the middle of the year, like halfway between, <laughs> and have a costume. And make party. it like a make it super even more awkward. Just make it a Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And it can't be any any uh, Halloween costumes that's sold at like Party City or anything. You have to make them. You have yeah. to make your costumes. You have to go to parties Goodwill. At, <laughs> parties at Tuesday at 2.30. Because the, as we just pointed out, the whole point of a costume party is a never-ending series of, who are you supposed to be? Because it's not a good enough costume for people to guess. So that's the whole point. And that's, that's part of the the contest is you have to guess who. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's getting people to talk to each other is what it is. Oh, and the only okay. way you can get somebody to talk Alternative. to you is by wearing Motive. a shitty costume that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that's good. You're good. You're exactly, good. Exactly. So yeah. It's more See, of a social event. See, we're trying to bring people together, Tack. That's amazing. Exactly. All right. So you ready to get back into this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So when we left off, Cindy and Peter. We're frantically trying to solve the mystery of the missing earrings by gathering up everyone's fingerprints. Will it be elementary, my dear Cindy? Or will Cindy be guilty? Mm. Dun, dun, dun. Let's get back into this and find out. Scene <sighs> 13. Out in the backyard, we see Greg and Jan teaming up to play Marsha and Bobby at table tennis. Hmm. Cindy and Peter are spying on them from the bushes. When they're ready, Peter nods at Cindy. They both jump out and start running to the table tennis game. Cindy steals Bobby and Marsha's paddles as Peter <laughs> steals Greg and Jan's. Cindy and Peter then run off, leaving the kids upset that their game was interrupted by dirty, stinking thieves. <laughs> <laughs> Peter and Cindy sprint across the yard and into the house. Marsha, Jan, Bobby, and Greg just stand there in frustration. Hmm. Hmm. And they just frustrate. <laughs> so <laughs> since when do they have a ping pong table? I don't know. They probably had it in the carport garage hmm. basement, something. I don't know. But I was kind of impressed because they look like they've played before. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't like somebody serves it and nobody hits it and they have to keep picking up the ball. Like they had the <laughs> ball going for a while. So yeah. when I worked at, at my old place, we played ping pong every day on break and I got to be pretty good mm-hmm. at it. That's cool. At SpaceX, we had a ping pong table in this one room. Yeah. I got my own ping pong paddle. Oh. Why did you say that like Forrest Gump? Because he has his own ping pong paddle. <laughs> okay. So you didn't mean yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Scene 14. Back in the boys' room, we see Peter's huge eye through his magnifying glass. Cindy says, we got everybody's fingerprints. Peter confirms, saying, right. And I just checked them against the ones in the bathroom sink. Cindy eagerly asks, and what did you find out? Peter says that everybody in the family has been in the bathroom. Cindy says, we still don't know who took the earrings out of here. Peter, seeing Cindy getting upset again, says, don't worry, a good detective always has more than one plan. If plan A doesn't work, we go to plan B. Cindy asks the logical question, well, what's plan B? Peter replies, I don't know. I'll look it up. <laughs> he then pulls out and begins thumbing through his detective book. Hmm. hmm. Why Why would Mike or Carol be in that bathroom? <laughs> I don't know. And inspect Alice's work. <laughs> I guess, yeah. And why did they not get Carol's fingerprints? The mm. fuck? Why, why is she automatically exempt from this? You're right. Holy shit. Right? That's fucked up. It was an inside job all along. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hmm. How come they feel like they can't question their mom? Just saying, because they're beaten. That's why. Because she abuses <laughs> the kids. How about that? <laughs> so this may be premature, but why wouldn't it just be easier if they just question all the kids and ask them if they moved the towel in the bathroom or if they found anything? Like, how hard is it to just go, okay, did anybody come in here and move a towel and see earrings? <laughs> Anybody see any earrings? That's how that's how he says. Yeah, because this family don't talk about shit. They don't talk about shit unless things get escalated to the point where <laughs> you know something's catastrophic. Right. But then again, as we find out later, even if they had done that, everybody would have been like, no. Because nobody did. So exactly. We'd still have to go through all this. But still, they could have just done that. But I don't know. <laughs> okay. Scene 15. Down in the living room, we see Alice dusting the horse when Carol comes down the stairs. What you does know, that mean? Does that mean the, something? Yeah, the horse. <laughs> it's like Alice is dusting the horse, you know, if you know what I mean. And I think you do. Oh, yeah. She's dusting that horse. She's going to town on that horse. She is Polishing dusting up the, the horse head. Out of that horse. What's that? Polishing up that horse head. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she, she tells Alice... I'm going down to the costume company. I shouldn't be long. Alice responds, right, Mrs. Brady. Carol then notices Alice holding one of the kids' jackets and asks her, Alice, do you remember what? <laughs> Alice, do you remember what I said about peck picking up after the kids? <laughs> They've got to learn to do it themselves. Alice, with a fuck it attitude, puts it down saying, no, I'll just leave it for him. I'll just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> Carol sighs and says, well, goodbye. I sure hope I can find something interesting for our costumes. As she's walking away, Alice gets an idea saying, hey, Mrs. Brady. Carol turns around and looks at Alice asking, yeah. Alice, who's holding up a leaf, asks, would you consider Adam and Eve? <laughs> Carol just laughs. <laughs> so Carol's like, I'm going to go to the costume company. If I have been Alice, I'm like, you're going to fucking where? The costume company? Yeah. What the Isn't that fuck a weird is way that? to word it? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was weird. It's too. a weird way to say it. Why not the costume shop or the costume store? <laughs> costume company is just fucking weird. Costume company. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> um, so wait a minute. 
Alice is allowed and is encouraged and made to pick up after Mike and Carol. <laughs> but the kids can just pick their shit up on their own. Fuck the kids. Yeah. I thought it was kind of yeah. messed up. <laughs> Scene 16. In the kitchen, we see Mike sneaking a donut from the counter, but Alice comes in behind him with a, ah, 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 ah. Mike turns to see Alice and says, it's just a little something to tide me over until dinner. Alice, trying to be helpful, asks, Mr. Brady, I thought you were trying to watch your waistline. Mike tells her, I am. It's easier to see all the time. (laughs) (laughs) They both just laugh. Alice jokes, saying, mine too, everywhere I look. That's why I put jokes in quotation marks. (laughs) And then it gets awkward. (laughs) Alice walks off and Mike checks out her ass and is now left (laughs) alone. Alone with his donut in his hand. Oh yeah, he's just <laughs> <laughs> he's just about to have a moment of joy until we hear Carol yelling for Mike, who responds, "Yeah." Is that when Carol he really answers, quickly puts the donut away? He's like, "Shit." <laughs> Carol answers, "Honey, could you give me a hand? Quick, hurry!" Mike puts his donut down and then goes into the family room and we see Carol struggling to hold two articles of clothing. Yeah. <laughs> she hands them to Mike, who carries them with ease as Carol walks into the kitchen. Carol begins telling Mike, our costume problems are over. We are all set for the party. Mike, seeing the two large white clothing bags, says, what are we going as, ghosts? Carol lays them down on the table, telling Mike, I'll show you. She unzips them and reveals Antony and Cleopatra. Mike, looking at the costume, gets a strange look on his face, which Carol notices, and she asks, What's the matter? Don't you like them? Mike tells her, Sure, but my skirt's shorter than your skirt. <laughs> and they both <laughs> just laugh. Alice walks into the kitchen with an Ooh, wow. Carol, always looking for praise, asks, Alice, what do you think of our costumes? Alice walks around Mike to get a better view and says, oh, those are great. Mike asks, yeah, guess who we're going as? Alice thinks for a moment and says, Sonny and Cher? Everyone just laughs. See, like, it doesn't matter. Like, you could you could dress in anything <laughs> you want, and you still have to tell the person what you're dressed up as. Like, why spend a bunch and- of money on it? Like, you, you, like you can wear, like, let's say it was you and your wife, right? You right. can wear just, like, a suit and then put, like, a baseball cap on, right? right. It says, like, the Phillies or something like that. And then she, your wife can wear, like, um, like, like a, what's it, like a jumper or something right. and have, like, a green belt on. And then be like, who are you guys? And you just make up some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell people different shit every time. Like, who are you supposed to be? Oh, we're supposed to be. A Claude and Yvette. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. You know, should, from, we, from <laughs> Skipper Down USA. Remember that old show, Skipper Down USA? Yeah. And we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should, we should go, and, and we're just going to be dressed in matching pajamas, right? People are like, who are you? <laughs> we're uh, George Costanza and Jerry Seinfeld going to bed. Oh. Okay. All right. And that's what, just what we'll tell people. Whoever, whoever going to bed. We're George and Jerry. We're getting ready to go to sleep. Oh, okay. Finley, good night, night. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, just then, Cindy walks in saying, Those sure are fancy costumes. Alice explains, Yeah, your father's got the legs for them, too. 
<laughs> Mike looks surprised at Alice's comments as he begins to further explain to Cindy, tomorrow night, your mother and dad are going to be Antony and Cleopatra. Carol turns to Mike and says, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to do a real fancy makeup, and I think I'll borrow my friend Pauline's black wig, and I know just the earrings, the ones I loaned Marcia. Cindy looks stunned and horrified as Mike asks Carol, you want to try these on? To which Carol replies, oh, I'd love to. As Mike and Carol walk out of the room, Cindy says to herself, the earrings? Oh, no. <laughs> Carol's such a drama queen. Mike, help. And she's she's carrying clothes and she can't. Like, it's two <laughs> two articles of, or two outfits or whatever. Um <clears throat> <laughs> she she walked him all the way from the car. She was literally exactly, like yeah. four feet away from the table, yeah. and she stops. Anyway, <laughs> um, but also, how did they know that the costumes would fit? Like what? Um, she probably was like, I don't know. He's like six two. It's probably <laughs> one of those Brady Bunch things where everybody in town knows each other. Is this for you and Mike? <laughs> oh, I happen to have his size right here. Like, <laughs> yeah, I still still got your sizes on file from last year. <laughs> but <laughs> this is one thing that Carol didn't even catch. How does Alice know what Mike's legs look like? <laughs> he wears pants all the time. He didn't wear shorts. Well, that's not true. They were in Hawaii and he had like. Oh, little... that's true. They were. Yes. Yeah. So I guess she does yeah, know. Yeah. He's got the legs for it. Okay. But you know, the costume company, they always get everybody's sizes on file. Yeah. Costume company. Especially in the town that pretty much live in. Sunny they probably, have, they probably have a Rolodex sitting there with everybody's sizes on it in the whole town. <laughs> Costume company. Yep. <laughs> this is for Mike and Carol Brady. I still got your sizes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Scene 17. Later, we see Peter up in his room reading a Sherlock Holmes book. Hmm. Suddenly, there's a knock at the door. In walks in a young girl, a dame, about 11 years old. She looks as if she's a nurse by the way she's dressed. She peeks out into the hall just before she enters, as if she's ensuring she wasn't followed. She quickly shuts the door behind her. She walks over to me at my desk as if she's in distress. Cindy is her name, she tells me. Peter, we've got to find those earrings right away. She says with some urgency in her tone. I tell her, I know. I'm reading in my manual on how to solve cases. Cindy says, but mom wants to wear them for that party tomorrow night. I get up in surprise and say, tomorrow night? Cindy says with a sad tone. I guess we better tell her they're lost. I walk over and pour myself a scotch, neat, and say, no. We still have 24 hours and I'm learning a lot from this book. Cindy pulls a compact from her purse and dabs her face and asks, Like what? I turn to her and state, Like suspects. <laughs> the person who was nearest to the scene of the crime has the best chance of being guilty. We've got to question everybody. Cindy closes her compact, looks over her shoulder at me and says, All right. We've got to do it fast. She comes in close to me, close. She touches her cheek to mine and I push her away and tell her, Don't panic. A good detective never panics. She turns away from me, looks out into the void, and says, But I'm not a good detective. 
Mm. And scene. Wow. <clears throat> Interesting. Reminds mm-hmm. me of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> and she, she would be Roger Rabbit. Um, she would be Jessica because, Rabbit. <laughs> no, because that's gross. That's her sister. <laughs> well, um, he would have been. Well, he was like the dude. What was his name? Eddie, whatever. Yeah, and, Eddie. Then, and then she would be Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, but he thought Jessica Rabbit was hot. <laughs> True. Um. Yeah. So maybe I'm blind, but. How long has Cindy had braids instead of curls? <laughs> I don't know. Probably for a couple of years now, I think. Really? I oh, think. Shit. It says the youngest one in curls. I wish it wasn't a liar. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't always have curls, but yeah. The song says it, Tag. <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Scene 18. In the backyard, Greg is waxing his surfboard. If you know what I mean. He's waxing off a circle. (laughs) Junior detective Cindy walks over and greets her brother. She asks, what are you doing? Greg says, I'm waxing my surfboard. Cindy bends down to get serious and asks, what were you doing yesterday afternoon right after school? Mm. Greg stops what he's doing, looks at her and says, I was in my room. Cindy says, that's right. And your room is right next to the bathroom. Greg looks at her and asks, so? Cindy holds her hand out and says with a harsh tone, so hand over, you know what? Greg, a little irritated, gets closer to Cindy and asks, what's the you know what? Cindy says, if I told you, you know what, you'd know what. Greg simply says, Cindy, I'm busy. I don't know what you're talking about. Cindy puts her hand down, stands up and says, and I guess that makes you innocent. And she walks off like a boss. Boom. <laughs> now Greg just looks at her in confusion. <sighs> so <laughs> it kind of irritated me the way he was waxing a surfboard <laughs> because he looked what? like he was about to break the fins off because <laughs> he had that shit on concrete covered with AstroTurf. And he had right. it fins down on the ground instead of like on sawhorses or something. <laughs> right. If you're on the beach, that's okay. But if you're like on concrete, you don't really <laughs> right. do that. Um, yeah. So that kind of bothered me a little bit. Um, in one shot, um, Greg was staring at Cindy like serious because he was trying to figure out what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. And then it went, it, it switched to another cut and he yeah. had a big grin on his face. <laughs> I didn't notice so, that. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of funny. All right. Scene 19. I finally get to read. No, I was kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) In the boys' room, we see Bobby feeding a hamster in a cage. Like, and that's not a metaphor. He he's really doing that. (laughs) If you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He is feeding that hamster big time. All right. Just then, Detective Peter walks in with a look of suspicion on his face. He sits down at the desk next to the cage and says, "Hi, how's it going?" The hamster just looks at him. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Bobby asks, uh, how's what going? Peter says, oh, nothing. Peter quickly gets in Bobby's face and asks, where were you you yesterday afternoon? Bobby, suspiciously being defensive, asks, what do you mean, where was I? I was at school and I came home like any day. Peter, not laying off the intensity, asks, what did you do? When you got home, 
Bobby asks, mm. why? Peter sits back in his chair and says, just asking. <laughs> Bobby goes on. I gave Henrietta a special treat. It was her birthday. Peter, putting together clues, asks, birthday, huh? Did you bring her a present? <laughs> Bobby says, yeah. Peter gets in his face and asks, like jewelry? <laughs> Bobby says, what are you, some kind of sing-along? <laughs> what, would, what would a hamster do with jewelry? The detective gets defensive and says, I'm asking the questions around here. What did you bring her? Bobby, tired of all this nonsense, says, I brought her sunflower seeds. And if you're jealous, I'll bring you sunflower seeds on your birthday. <laughs> Peter just looks at him and says, oh, you're too dumb to be guilty <laughs> and gets up and storms out of the room in a huff. Hmm. So uh, hang 10 spotted. Bobby's wearing hang 10 shirt. Did you notice the ten hang 10 shirt in the previous scene? I guess not. No, Cindy had one on. Oh, I saved that shit just for the scene. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a really funny line. <laughs> I thought Bobby killed it in this scene. Yeah, yeah, he did really good. And if you're jealous, I'll bring you some money. <laughs> that was pretty I like, funny. I like, don't be a ding. Like, what is a hamster going to do with jewelry? Like, just the sarcasm <laughs> in his voice. It's awesome. Um, yeah, he did good. But also, I feel like I have to point out, like, that's an extremely small cage for a hamster. Yeah. Um, but also, I hope somebody, <laughs> I hope somebody brings me sunflowers on my or sunflower seeds on my birthday. Hmm. Your birthday is coming up. Like literally <laughs> like in an hour and 10 minutes. It'll be I was your birthday. Say, if you're listening to this, you missed my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. All right. Scene 20. 20. In the girl's room, Jan is sitting at her desk when Cindy walks in. Cindy slams the door shut, walks over and loudly asks, where were you yesterday afternoon right after school? Jan, seemingly confused, states, well, I was here. You saw me. You remember that? <laughs> when I called Marsha, the gumshoe then asks, why did you call her? Jan says, because that boy phoned her, Teddy Eddie. <laughs> Cindy, still suspicious, <laughs> narrows her eyes and asks, can you prove the phone rang? Jan asks back, well, can you prove it didn't? Oh, dang. <laughs> Cindy thinks for a second and says, well played, Jan Brady. Well played. <laughs> she says, nope. And then walks out of the room, leaving Jan confused as ever. Hmm. <laughs> but why did you hang up? <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> so... Again, why is Carol not being questioned? This is the spoiler alert. This is the last person they question. That and Carol hasn't been questioned yet. That's amazing. I didn't even think of this. There's something going on. There is. Yeah, they're terrified of their mom. I think she hits them. <laughs> or it's an inside job. It's like Cindy. If you need help, blink twice. Uh, technically, you could prove that it rang. You know, you could just subpoena the phone records. If they had phone records back then. 
I assume so. I think you'd have to ask the operator, did you patch a call through to the Brayton? No, <laughs> did you do four, like, you know, Klondike 453 or whatever, <laughs> whatever the phone numbers were back then? And now what they're like, where you hold the little thing up to your ear and you talk into it? That's pretty much time period, right? Yeah. Operator? Yeah, operator. I mean, can Klondike I talk to the costume company, please? <laughs> It's <laughs> a small town, so they're like, "Oh, Mrs. Brady, I just, uh, we're just gonna go have lunch with the costume company guy. You want me to just tell him you and Mike need costume?" She probably knows the the, the operator by name. <laughs> Henrietta, Henrietta, hi, this is Carol. <laughs> That's how it was on the Andy Griffith show, was it? Yeah. Oh, the kids are fine. How are your kids? Yeah, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, like he was literally called there, and they knew the operator by name. And <laughs> yeah, wow, that was <laughs> funny. All right, scene twenty-one. Time has passed, and time is almost up. Detective Peter and Junior Gumshoe Cindy are in the boys' room. Cindy, mm. pacing around the room, thinking, says, "Mom and Dad are getting dressed now to go to the party." Peter the dick sits at the desk and sadly says, <laughs> I know my first case and I'm bombed out. Some detective. I couldn't find an elephant in a bathtub, <laughs> which is stupid because you wouldn't be able to find the bathtub if another one was in it. Uh, Cindy walks over. <laughs> Cindy walks over and puts her hand on his shoulder to console him and says, you tried. I better tell Marsha. Mom is going to be looking for those earrings any minute. Peter thinks for a second and has an idea and pipes up. Wait, there may be one last hope. Hmm. Cindy gets excited and asks what Peter says. Mom might forget about the earrings. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Scene 22. Meanwhile, in the master bedroom. Ooh, Ooh. la la. <laughs> Mike, while dressed and ready to go as Mark Anthony, sits on the bed and patiently waits on his Cleopatra. Finally tired of waiting, he asks, Honey, how are you coming? Carol walks out dressed as Cleopatra, says, Cleopatra's having a little trouble zipping up the Nile. Mike says, Mm-hmm. Let me give you a hand, Cleo. Cleo. <laughs> Wasn't Mike. that that psychic back from the 90s? Like the psychic <laughs> Miss friends Cleo, I told you not to waste your time with that boy. <laughs> Funny how she didn't see that place closing down. <laughs> She's dead now, I think. I think she passed oh, away. Thanks for ruining the joke. Appreciate it. <laughs> Mike zips up the back of her dress. Carol now poses for him and asks, Well... Because, you know, she's looking for a compliment. <laughs> Mike whistles and says, Boy... I'll ride on your barge anytime. <laughs> if you know what I mean. If and you I know what I'm saying. <laughs> I will tug your boat if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Carol just laughs and says, you look pretty wild yourself, Mark. Mike checks himself out. Carol goes on, you know something? Alice was right. You do have great legs. Mike <laughs> looks down and says, yeah, I kind of do, don't I? Carol then takes a step back because God forbid she give her husband a whole compliment and says, the knees are a little knobby though. Mike says, Hey, he goes, wait a second. Let's get Greg to take a picture of us. Never had a date with the queen of the Nile before. Carol says, good. 
Just then, Marsha walks into the room. She smiles real big and says, Hey, wow, you both look great. Carol says, Thanks. Oh, honey, will you get those earrings I loaned you? I want to wear them tonight. Uh-oh. Marcia says, Sure, Mom. They'll look perfect for your costume. And then she exits to go retrieve them. I don't know why I laugh, but I'm just, yeah. Her her calling him Mark at first threw me. I'm like, Mark? What the hell? And I had to go back and listen. I'm like, she calls him Mark. Like, Mark. Because Mike, Mark, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Mark, okay. All right, I get it now. Um, <laughs> I th- um, I think Mike looks better than Carol did, like as far as just the overall <laughs> costume. Carol's makeup to me is a little bit overboard. I think she went way overboard with it. But I think all in all, Mike looks better. Well, it's his legs, so probably. Yeah. <laughs> Scene twenty three. Moments later, Marsha enters into the girls' room to get the earrings, but sees Cindy sitting on the bed looking sad. Hmm. Marsha asks, Cindy, are you okay? Cindy says, yeah, but you're not. You're in trouble. (laughs) Marsha, confused, looks up from the drawer in which she's searching and says, me? In trouble? Why? Cindy explains, you told me not to touch mom's earrings, didn't you? Marsha says, yeah. Cindy continues, well, I touched them. (laughs) Marsha, confused, asks, what do you mean? Cindy goes on. I not only touched them, I lost them. Marsha asks, you lost them? Marsha looks in the box where they're supposed to be and sees that they are missing and says, Cindy, mom wanted them. Marsha walks closer to Cindy and asks, are you sure that you lost them? Cindy says, positive. That's why you're in trouble. <laughs> Marsha, now getting upset, asks, what do you mean I'm in trouble? You're the one who lost him. Sydney explains, yeah, but you're my older sister. And older sisters always protect younger sisters. Hmm. Marsha, not having it, says, that's your story. Come on. And then literally grabs her little sister by the (laughs) braided pigtail and pulls her out of the room. (laughs) She did. She wasn't having that shit. She was like, fuck this. Yep. That took me something. like, holy shit, she grabbed the right pigtail. Um (laughs) But, I mean, did she really think that Marsha, of all people, is going to take the fall for her? (laughs) It's Marsha. Right? (laughs) I don't get in trouble. Yeah, right. Hello, have you seen me? (laughs) (laughs) I'm the hottest girl in school. (laughs) Scene 24. This is our, like, clue moment. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Moments later, downstairs in the living room, Mark and Cleopatra pose for their pictures as Greg holds the camera. Greg says, okay, okay, hold it, hold it, ready, are you holding it? Mom, you're not holding it. Are you, are you ready? It's like, don't smile, you look like a psycho. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway, and he clicks, Greg snaps a pic. Mike complains that the flash is too bright. Bobby, Jan, and Alice watch and giggle. Greg then comes up with an idea. He says, how about a nice romantic one? Mark, Antony, and Cleopatra hugging each other. (laughs) That's romantic. (laughs) Carol says, all right, but watch out for that sword. I don't want to get grabbed and jabbed at the same time. Until after the party. (laughs) (laughs) 
They all giggle and Mike puts his arms around Carol and they do a romantic pose. Greg snaps a pic and Carol says, I hope he got his legs in it. Bobby, Alice, and Jan just laugh. Just then, Marsha, still pulling Cindy along, arrives downstairs. Peter is in tow, right behind them, with his hat and handy-dandy notebook in his hands. Marsha says to Carol, Cindy has something she wants to tell you. Carol asks what it is. Cindy says, well... Carol interrupts and asks, Marsha, did you find the earrings? Marsha says, no. Carol says, what do you mean, no? I loaned them to you. Cindy now confesses, then I loaned them to me. And they disappeared. Carol asks, how could they disappear? Dick Peter pipes up and says, <laughs> that's a good question. I've been trying to crack this case for some time now, and I'm baffled. Carol goes on, Cindy, those are my favorite earrings, and I wanted to wear them tonight. Cindy apologizes. Mike says, now wait a minute. Did you take them outside of the house? Cindy. Cindy says, no, Dad, honest. I only had them on for a minute. Mike then deduces, well, then they must be around here someplace. Where did you lose them? Detective Peter asks, Dad, are you taking over the case now? <laughs> Mike says, if you don't mind. Peter says, oh, not at all. But I got to warn you, everybody's got an alibi and there aren't any clues. Mm. Mike, who is seemingly baffled at his second son, and most likely wonders how the fuck Peter manages his day-to-day -day without falling in a well or getting hit by a truck, <laughs> says, I'm sure they're just misplaced. Let's see if we can reconstruct what happened. Carol starts first. She says, well, all I know is I loaned the earrings to Marsha and I have not seen them. No. <laughs> it's so juvenile. All I know is I gave them to her and now they're fucking gone. <laughs> Marsha takes over and says, and I put them in my dresser drawer and went downstairs to take a phone call. Cindy next says, that's when I loaned them to me. I went into the bathroom and tried them on. But when mom called me, I didn't want her to catch me playing with her earrings. So I hid them under a towel on the sink. I was going to put them back in Marsha's drawer later. Alice is up next and takes the story from there. She says, hey, wait a minute. I just remembered. Do you know when that must have been? That must have been when I went into the bathroom from the hall. I took the clothes out of the laundry bin. Then I saw the towel on the counter, so I put it in the laundry bag. Then I remembered what Mrs. Brady said about the kids cleaning up after themselves, and I put the towel back. So, if the earrings were under the towel, they must have fallen in the laundry bag. Mike then says, then that's where they must be. Carol asks, Alice, where is that laundry bag now? Alice says, well, I put it down for a second in the hall to get something, and when I came back, it was gone. Jan now jumps in and says, I know. I took it from there. Carol asks, what do you mean? Jen goes on, well, I was starting to go downstairs, and I saw the laundry bag in the hall. I thought I'd help Alice out, so I took the laundry bag downstairs and left it at the service porch. Do you have a service porch, Jimmy? No, uh, no, not in this house. <laughs> Mike, now working his deduction skills, says, the earrings must be in the laundry bag on the service porch. Carol chimes in and says, no, no, Mike. That's when I came into the picture. 
When I went to the service porch, I saw that the laundry bag was pretty full. I figured I'd give Alice a hand, and I unloaded the laundry into the washing machine. Carol thinks for a second and asks, Alice, has that load of laundry been washed yet? <laughs> Alice says, Carol's hold your comments. Alice is like, hold your nope. comments. <laughs> no, it's been sitting there for two days now. Why would I start the machine? I assume you started it. <laughs> Alice says, oh, Mrs. Brady, that was yesterday, at least three or four loads ago. <laughs> Carol says, oh, no. Alice says, I never saw earrings. Mike deduces, then they still must be in the washing machine. The family all run into the service porch. So what the fuck did she want those earrings for if she's wearing that stupid wig? I know you can't even see like if no, she was huh? wearing earrings at all. Plus she had that like headdress thing on, which looked yeah. like earrings anyway. Um, yeah. And Peter is a really shitty detective because Mike had that shit figured out in what, like a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> what's funny is my daughter Caitlin is like is the service porch like a rich people thing <laughs> <laughs> um, and also uh, Carol probably didn't know um, how to start the machine <laughs> she, yeah, she's got a fucking so maid She'll know how to start that, was machine. My, that was my comment so once again Carol did a half-assed job so she only loaded the clothes in the dishwasher, or the dishwasher <laughs> in the washer. She didn't even start it. She right. was, I'm going to do my part. And then to give you an idea of Carol's mindset, yeah. she asks 20, over 24 <laughs> hours later, has that been done yet? <laughs> She's so out of touch. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm, don't you remember? I helped you do laundry. Two days ago. Like, and when Alice did you help like, me do I put it from a bag into the machine. Did you start it? Well, no, I figured you'd do that. And Alice is like, I've done two or three loads since then. Like, what? What are you talking about? Wow. How long does a load last? Like, like a good six hours? Like, yes, Carol. The machine takes six hours. All right. Scene 25. She's so out of touch. It's ridiculous. Completely out of touch. <laughs> Scene 25. On the service porch, Alice is I just digging. love that term. I just love it. Alice is digging deep inside the washer, you know, with the whole family just watching. Greg, Greg trying to be helpful, asks, feel anything? Alice says, no, not. Wait a minute. Alice continues to dig as the whole family gather around her to watch her work. <laughs> Much like any other night. <laughs> I think I saw something with popcorn too. Probably Bobby. <laughs> you know how Bobby loves popcorn. Bobby loves that popcorn. As, she, <laughs> as she's digging, she feels something. She says, aha, aha. Alice pulls out of the washer. Carol's missing earrings. They all rejoice until huh? they realize one of them's broken. <sighs> Carol holds it up for Cindy to see and says, Oh no. She holds that shit right to her face. Do you see this? Look at this. Oh no. Oh no, Cindy. Peter states, at least the mystery is solved. Mm. Mike still trying to make it to the party says, well, honey, come on. We better get going. As the family depart from the service porch, <laughs> Cindy says, mom, I promise I'll never take anything again. I'm not supposed to. Carol says, all right, Cindy, but you and I are going to have a long talk about this tomorrow. Carol leans down and kisses Cindy on the nose 
Actually, I think it was on the mouth and mm-hmm. tells her good night. She then looks at Peter standing next to her and simply says, night, Peter. <laughs> and walks out of the room. Peter she says, like she was mad at Peter. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Peter says, good night. And then pulls out his handy dandy notebook and says, <laughs> well, that's the end of the great earring caper. Ah, that's the end of the episode. Oh, wait. <laughs> and that's the end of the earring caper. And checks it off his notebook. Cindy says, Peter, do you still have all those disguises in your detective kit? Peter says, yeah. Why? Cindy says, because tomorrow I don't want mom to know which kid is me. Mm-hmm. Peter just puts his hands on her shoulder. <laughs> yeah, my this comment again was just Carol kisses. Who's in trouble, by the way? And just, <laughs> mm, good night, my sweetie. And this is night, Peter. <laughs> you could get in trouble tomorrow. Come here. Later, Peter. <laughs> Later, dick. What was the pur- purpose of the earrings getting, like in the episode, what was yeah. the purpose of the earrings getting messed up? <laughs> like that doesn't do That's anything for the storyline. <laughs> it, it just makes Cindy feel like shit, I guess. I guess, yeah. But I mean, it seems like she already learned her lesson. So yeah. why add to the storyline that, oh, by the way, and in all this, even though she learned her lesson, she still fucked up the earrings. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, why not just make them perfectly fine? Like, oh, exactly, great. Yeah. We found them. Everything is great. Let me put them on. And they look fantastic. Exactly, perfect for yeah, the yeah. party. Let's go. All is good. And then you could still have, but we're going to have a talk tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. She learned her lesson. Everything's good. It was all wrapped <laughs> up in 24 minutes. It's okay. <laughs> Good point, though. Mm. All right. Scene 26. Later that night, Alice is actually off duty and enjoying <laughs> some peace and quiet. She is, too. She's fucking enjoying herself. <laughs> she sits at the table in the kitchen eating a sandwich while reading a magazine. Hell yeah. Just then, Mark Antony and Cleopatra enter in through the family room, returning from the costume party. Alice quickly, quickly wipes her face and says, oh, hi. Hi, folks. Did, did you have a good time? Carol says, oh, it was wonderful, Alice. Alice asks, hey, did your costumes win a prize? Mike says, no, we came in third. Carol laughs, laughs and Alice says, well, third isn't bad. Who won? Carol says, the Cunninghams. Mike says, and you'll never guess who they came dressed as. Alice thinks for a second and guesses Romeo and Juliet. Carol says, nope, guess again. Alice says, George and Martha Washington. Mike says, nope. And Alice is like, it's fucking late and I'm off duty. What the I'm trying to finish this fucking sandwich, man. Just tell me who the fuck it is. Tell me and leave. (laughs) Alice says, okay, I give up. Carol says, Sherlock Holmes and Watson. And they all just laugh. (laughs) Freeze frame. (laughs) <laughs> they did. They freeze frame. Yeah, they did free frame. <laughs> um, but I'm impressed. Like Ann Davis was actually eating that sandwich. Yeah, that was she awesome. Was going town. Hell sandwich. yeah. <laughs> um, if I think if Carol wouldn't have had those earrings hidden by a wig, she would have won. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Cindy. Yep. <laughs> it's probably part of the talk the next day. <laughs> you know, if I had those earrings, I probably, <laughs> mommy and daddy probably would have won. We lost that fucking costume contest. <laughs> and you know what? The, it was a prize money. 
it was $200 and we were going to give you like $100 of it. <laughs> and you know, Cindy's like, Alice is the one that lost him. <laughs> She's not supposed to be picking up after us, remember? And now they're broken. Well, technically, you broke their earrings, Mom. You put them in the washer. So there exactly, you go. Exactly, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. And that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. All right. That was a good one. That was good. That was a fun one. Yeah. Little, I like the little clue moment, you know, like you know, like at the end of Clue. <laughs> Except they didn't like run to different rooms, which I was really hoping they would do. They right. just ran to the service porch. <laughs> which for those listening and didn't watch the episode, the service porch really is just the laundry room that also it's, has a door to the outside as well. It's the same room that they found Bobby covered with bubbles with with like <laughs> right. suds. It's that same room. But it as a service porch, it just has access to the outside as well. So it was for like I've seen a lot of houses when I was up north a year or two ago up in Virginia. Um, a lot of these, because I lived like in the fucking richest fucking county in the country. So every house, every house I freaking delivered. I'm not rich. I was rich. I was doing pizza delivery to like million dollar homes all day long. That's all I did. And a lot of these house designs had like a typical like service porch kind of a thing. So you'd have the main door. But then right. they also had a door nearby, too, that also just went to the laundry room, and that was it. Um, and that was like a service entrance or whatever. So, like, you know. in the middle of the wintertime, you had to bring your clothes outside to go into the laundry room? No, 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 no. You can still get into it. Like, if you had, like, a service deliveries or, like, much like, you know, like uh, any business will have, like, their delivery area, oh, okay. whether it's a back dock or something like that. So, this would be, like, your service porch where... Maybe you had stuff delivered, and that's where the door they would use for deliveries and stuff like okay. that, you know. Right. So that's kind of what that service porch is, and these houses all had that kind of a thing, too. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so, something different today. What's that? I do not have anything to read to today. Oh, wow. But instead, we're going to announce a winner of a little contest. We are, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. So those of you who didn't bother to listen to any of the previous episodes, <laughs> first of all, um, how dare you and shame on you. Uh, we had a t-shirt contest. We wanted listeners to design our second anniversary t-shirt, something to do with the show and the podcast and yes. Brady Bunch, something combined, something funny, something original. And we had a lot of entries and this was really hard for us It was uh, to pick a winner. Um, we actually finally narrowed it down to two right? and we were just like, I don't know. I don't know. We both liked them both. And we're just like, you know, we even thought about, let's just flip a coin, you know, <laughs> like we didn't mm -hmm. know what to do. We eventually finally decided on the winner and that winner is drum roll, please. Jill P. Oh. With Box it like a boss. Tech, do you want to read exactly what her idea was? Now, now the winner, like none of you had to design the shirt. Like we didn't, you didn't have to send in drawings. Some of you did, but you didn't have yeah. to send in drawings. It was just the idea for the shirt. So Tech, go ahead and explain to him in detail, <laughs> like what, what it's going to look like. All like right. Paint a so, picture, so to speak. I'll paint a picture. Yes. So her description was having a bunch of gift wrap boxes, like for gifts. And they, with the with the phrase on it, box it like a boss, 
um, referring to Carol, how she does her little shopping sprees, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then she always has everything gift wrapped, even though she bought it for herself. Exactly. And then, like in this episode, she buys something for Cindy, and that's just not gift wrapped. <laughs> that's just not gift wrapped because it's not for Carol. So, so congratulations to Jill P. So now with that, I'm going to design the shirt. And then we're going to get it up on the T public site and we're going to send one to Joe for free. And exactly. we'll let everybody know when that's available for everyone. And uh, so, yeah, well, more details to come on that. Definitely. Yes. So thank you, Jill. And thank you uh, to all the people that. Um, yeah, there was a lot of really good submissions yeah. from a lot of people. Um, man, we did have some really good ideas that we're not going to not do later, which exactly. we still might do some of these ideas down the road because they are really good ideas. And so, uh, yeah. <laughs> and what we'll do is, is me and Tack talked about it and we'll keep our word and anybody that we use their shirt in the future, we'll contact you and tell you we're using the shirt. We'll send you a shirt as well. It's because we got to mm-hmm. keep our word. We can't, you know, not Indeed. do that. So Jill P congratulations. And also Jill, you need to hit us up uh, so we can know where to send the shirt. So exactly. Yes. Once, Once it's, it's going to take a little bit for Tack to design it because Tack yeah. literally has to draw it on um, in yeah. software that he uses. And then, uh, Submit it to uh, T Public, and then they make it. Blah blah blah. So, boom. You know, Jan's your uncle. So, uh, <laughs> so thanks so much for all the submissions, and uh, hopefully, well, this is a fun little contest. Maybe we'll have yeah, another one down the road too. Yeah, and cool. we had, like Tech said, we had some really good ideas and ones that we we really wanted to do. But, um, yeah. So that's cool. All right. So, like Tech always says, uh, we had fun here today. Don't be oh. offended. We do love the show. We are not racist. We are not sexist. Wow, we're mixing it up today. We are mixing it up. And we like to personally thank our producers from Patreon. Without you, this could not be possible. And as obviously, we want to do a special shout out for our OPs, Jenny and Jim. You guys are awesome. And Jim Larison keeps. I told him specifically, don't draw anything up. And (laughs) what did he do? Maybe he likes drawing. He sends up two mock-ups. He did two composites of I no anyway. No, they were both good. We did like his submissions too. They were awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, homework assignments. Right off the bat, check out the website www.verybradypodcast.com. Uh You can even uh, send in like if you email us in, like send us how we can, you know, update the website. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how many people go to the website, but if you're like, Hey, you guys should do this. Uh, that's cool. Whatever. We, we do need to fix the website. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Remember the contest we had a while back for the box set. Oh, that Marsha really? one, Marsha, Marsha, yeah. Marsha. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, <laughs> that form is still on the website oh, and shit. I can't get it off. If anybody okay. has any idea on how to fix it, please let me know. I can't okay. figure out how to get it off the website. So did it's still there. Did you talk to there. Jason? I did, but he didn't respond back. Okay. But it's not really up to Jason, though. I just need to contact our hosting company and figure it but out. But yeah, if you have yeah. any ideas for the website, hit us up and be like, hey, you guys, it'd be fun to do this. Okay. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Also, do a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, CastBox, or what have you. Tell two friends about the show. And if you don't like the show, tell your in-laws or your boss <laughs> or your enemy. <laughs> Send an email to the show and tell us how you like or dislike the show at a very, very podcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group and join in the conversation and the fun at a very Brady Facebook group. If you'd like to be a producer, check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash a very Brady podcast. Check out our Instagram at a very Brady podcast. 
Follow us on Facebook and get real-time updates. Go check out the Retro Network. If you like the nostalgic aspect of the show, the Retro Network is chop full of it, and you'll love it. (laughs) Trust me. And where do they go for that? At theretronetwork.com. Check out our T Public store for merch. Link is in the description of this episode. And on that note, which is real fast, I was in Lowe's the other day, which is like a home improvement yeah. store. Yeah. And I was wearing my um my tiki shirt, my tiki tank top shirt, right? Oh yeah. And I see this lady, I come around a corner, I see this lady, she kind of glances at my shirt and she gets a big grin on her face. And as yeah. she turns to her husband and I see her talking to her husband and I see her gesturing to me with the shirt. Mm-hmm. So I doubt she recognized me or it might've been the podcast, but I think more likely it's the Tiki itself because yeah. I was in uh, Harbor freight the same day. Mm-hmm. And as I walked in, this guy looks at me, he was walking out and this older guy looks at me, he goes, Oh, I love the Brady bunch shirt. That's awesome. So, <laughs> so I thought that was kind of neat. So, nice. And nice. I got both of those from the T public store. So there you go. <laughs> nice. But the last thing, go watch the Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. Go watch the Brady Bunch. And Tack is going to tell you right now how you can start, but he's going to do it in that Humphrey Bogart like crime <laughs> drama voice. Film noir. Yeah. <laughs> On the next episode, shame. <laughs> <laughs> Season four, episode 21. You're never too old. Uh, the Brady girls try to play matchmaker between Carol's free-spirited grandmother, that dame, <laughs> and a stick-in-the-mud <laughs> Grandpa Brady. And you'll never guess who plays Grandma and Grandpa Brady. Yeah? I have no idea. You just wait and see. I guess I gotta find out. <laughs> so you said you had questions asked from Facebook? Yeah, so before we go, we're doing something a little different. I did a little post before we recorded tonight just to see if anybody had a little something to say or some questions about some stuff. Okay. And so we got a comment here. We got Johnny Moses Keg Moses Kegger, whoever that what is. What kind of name is that? <laughs> uh, he says, <laughs> I haven't even pre-read these yet, so God knows what John said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, well, just to, as a backtrack, John, um, me and Tech did a, a, one of the podcasts we did in the past was um, Taint Funny. It's a Taint Funny podcast, and it was me, Tech, John, and Eric, and uh, mm-hmm. it was really funny, hilarious, way ahead of its time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so John is from that podcast. So yeah, good. Yeah, a longtime <laughs> friend of ours. Yes, and he says now that you both embraced the inclusive concept of the Brady Bunch. Do you have any plans to legally adopt Eric Snyder and make him your official podcast mascot? Um, good question, John. We have thought about. We've talked. Remember, we were talking we about, about that. It, but J- John Eric is like over eighteen, so like <laughs> we can't really adopt. I guess we can adopt him, but it really has no bearing on like his well being or anything. So yeah, yeah. But thanks for the idea. That's you know, it's <laughs> good. <laughs> All right. Next one is from Barbara. She says, name your favorite episode of the series and what has been your favorite episode to recap so far? Interesting. Good question, Barbara. I don't know. I really, the one that stands out for me is the one where they went square dancing. I don't know why. (laughs) Just because no family goes square dancing as a family. And it's like, they were so excited about it. You didn't go square dancing with your family? 
But I mean, they were so excited about it. The whole family's like, what? How are you going to miss square dancing night? Like we do this every year. What? <laughs> you do that every year? Like <laughs> there's an annual square dancing night? So that's the, that's one of the episodes that stings, <laughs> rings out to me. As far as favorite episode, like just favorite episode, I don't know. I never have favorite anything, so that's a really hard question for me to answer. You can ask me favorite anything, I'll be like, I don't have one. Right, right. Um, but as far as fun episode to do here, like with us to, to recap, I really would have to say like the the third episode of the Hawaiian one, just because it was oh, a yeah. lot of uh, <laughs> it was a lot of Vincent yeah. Price and yeah. Yeah. that was a lot of fun <laughs> to do that voice. And, like that. and any of them with Hope Juber. <laughs> yeah, Hope Juber. Yes. Or or anything directed by, you know, Al Lloyd Schwartz. J. No, Lloyd J. Schwartz. Oh, Lloyd Schwartz. You know? Sorry. Al Schwartz. Who's yeah. Al Schwartz? Oh, he directed is, this one, I think. He did. Yeah. Okay. I think that's uh, Sherwood's brother, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, Sherwood is awesome, and uh, Hope Juber is awesome. So, uh, <laughs> yes. All right. So, Margot says, hi, did you watch the A Very Brady Christmas on MeTV today? I did not. No. Huh. I wonder, is that like an older one, or is that a new one? I think it's an older one. Oh, okay. Uh, Very I've Brady. seen it before. If it's the one I'm thinking of, isn't it the one where, like, Mike gets trapped under a building or something? Or something, or in a cave or something like that? No, I that. thought it was no, a building no, that collapsed. A building. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I've no, seen like before, everybody yeah. like sing something and then when he comes out or something, yeah. like everybody Because they thought he died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it is, I think it's on Hulu, I think. Um, all okay. the Brady Bunch movies like it that. Is. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's Hulu, like so. a, a, what is it, a Brady girl Christmas or something like that where it's all the girls or something? Oh, That's where we get the, the fake wedding? Cindy. Oh, Remember that oh, with the fake yeah. Cindy? Yeah, there was a lot of that fake Cindy going on. But I think one one of the movies had a fake Marsha too. I think. I don't think so. Anyways, I, know. I know they had a fake in the variety show. I think there was a fake Jan for a short time. No, oh, yeah, I think so. I can't remember. All right. Well, I appreciate everybody's comments and questions. Heck Thank yeah. you so much. And maybe we'll do that again next week too. That's kind of fun. There you go. All right. All right. So unless you have anything else. No, I think that's it. All right. In that case, I have been Jimmy. And I've been Tack. And this has been a Very Brady Podcast. And we will see you on another sunshine day. Keep smoking. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.